Welcome to the Wellspring Community Church Podcast, where we exist to help real people find real hope in a real world. We hope today's message encourages you. Let's get into today's episode. Today, uh, I want to end, this message will be different than any other message in the series, uh, and so it's going to require you to be involved. Amen? Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. Show up, show off, and may you be high and lifted up, and may the bucks go into the bye week three and one, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, uh, amen. amen. Let me start out this way. Uh, we've been talking over the last few weeks about what it means to be invited, that everybody's invited, uh, that God has called you to be involved, that um, you are indispensable, that God's called you to be influential. Today, I want to talk around this idea of being invested. Now, I grew up in Florida. Most of my life was in Florida. And so in Florida, as you are well aware, most of you moved here because of this, uh, it's great weather all the time. We have three temperatures around here, hot, hotter, and hell. And so we are, come on somebody, we are moving out of hell into hotter and then it'll be hot and then you'll go, this is why we moved to Florida. Uh, but you can get in the water year round in Florida and we don't have many lakes. Lakes are like real dangerous in Florida. Don't do that, bad, bad stuff, chomp, chomp, chomp. But we have like the ocean and the pool. I wasn't a big ocean person, I was a pool person. Loved the pool, loved it. But I was a type of person, there's always two types of pool goers. There are the people that just jump in the water and they don't care the temperature of the water. And there are people that are a little more prim and proper like me and I tiptoe my way into the water. Uh, I don't care what the temperature is or what everybody else has said to me. I'm gonna, I, and I'm 42 now, so homeboy finds the stairs every time it's time to get in the pool. And so I'm not getting hurt. I mean, I can cough or sneeze a certain way and pull a muscle. So I, I, come on, I'm preaching to somebody. And so I'm learning that, uh, that you get in the pool strategically. But nonetheless, I tiptoe my way into the pool. Now some of you jump in, some of you are tiptoeing. But today I wanna talk to those that aren't tiptoeing in. In fact, maybe you're here today and you're just checking out Wellspring. Uh, you're wondering to know if you can trust us, if you can trust this place. You're not so sure if it's authentic or not. You're not sure if this is where you want to dig some roots and traction, and that's okay. And that's fantastic, and we're awesome. That we're grateful, and we think it's awesome that you're here. And if that's you, great. You're just kind of tiptoeing your way into the water. Praise the Lord. Normally, I preach to everybody on a Sunday morning because it's never good to single anybody out. But today, I want to talk to those uh, that are all in, that are all in. That you're here, and you're here, and you're invested, and you're all in. And I want to open up by sharing a, a, a verse with you that says this. Matthew chapter 16, the Bible says this. Matthew 16, the Bible says, I will build my blank, and all of the powers of hell will not conquer it. Jesus is leaving the planet, and he's handing this thing, this message, over to a group of uh, rowdy, obnoxious, kind of moronic people, and he's saying, I need you to continue it on. Notice he doesn't say, I will build my business, and all the powers of hell will conquer it. He, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, this is about a business. Notice he doesn't say, I will build my social media platform, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. He, he also doesn't say, I will build my political party. Come on, we're going to talk about that for the next year. And don't worry, I will be doing a series probably in the next six months on how to handle the election well. 
Um, so gear up for that one. Uh, but I, he didn't say, I will build my political party. I, he didn't say, I'll build my nonprofit and all the powers of hell will conquer it. He doesn't say, I will build my social media empire or my Netflix empire and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. No, what does he say? He says, I will build my church. Say it with me, I will build my my church. And the powers of hell will not come against the thing that I've built. Jesus is still building this movement, this plan. So what on earth is Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 16? Jesus is saying this, that my plan A of sharing the message and changing the world is and will always be the local church. Always. It's not a political party. It's not a social media empire. It's not your Netflix account. It's not the president of the United States. It is the local church. It will always be the local church. For 2,000 years now, Jesus has been building the local church, which tells me this, that there is no plan B. That if plan A doesn't work, then we just don't build the kingdom of God. And we are the church. We're the church. But it's not just Wellspring. It's the other area churches in our South Shore community. It's Arise, and Waters, and The Crossing, and Southside, and Northside, and St. Anne's, and the United Methodist Church, and all the other churches that are mentioned in our area. It takes all of us coming together and being a part of God's plan A, being invested in God's plan A. But you're here, and you're here because you love it. You love this church. Now, I don't know why you love it. I'm just gonna list a few reasons. Maybe you love it because there's excellent biblical teaching that you know that whoever stands on the stage is gonna preach the word of God with grace and truth and we're not really worried about what you think about it. We're gonna preach the thing that God has called us to preach. Maybe you love them. Maybe you love our worship. Maybe you think we have first class worship and you love that every time somebody gets on the stage, they, you can feel it and they lead us in the presence of God. Maybe you're at Wellspring and you love Wellspring because it's friendly. Maybe it's a welcoming church and you've been to other churches and they didn't welcome you and you're here because you felt you were okay and that you could bring in whatever it is that you had Saturday night and it's okay because they welcome you and we're friendly. Maybe for you it's your student. Maybe you dropped off your student on a Wednesday night and they said, mom, dad, we gotta go on a Sunday morning. And you're here not because you loved it first, but maybe you're here because your student loved it first. Maybe you love our kids' ministry. Maybe you love that you get in your car and your kids tell you what they learned when they were in kids' church and they were in Wellspring Kids and they learned about this Bible character and this story what it means to love Jesus and serve Jesus and you're finally being able to partner with the church to disciple your kids the right way. Maybe you're a grandparent and you don't love our music. It's too loud. You wish they'd turn it down. But what you love about our church is not the fact that you love our worship, but you love our church because your grandkids do and your kids do. And you're here because you've realized this isn't about you, it's about them. Maybe for you, you love that we have a young adults ministry. And maybe you've been looking for something like that. And now that we've got these monthly gatherings and small groups started, you're like, I've found my place. I'm ready to be in. Maybe you love our outreach and missions. Maybe you love that we love to do outreach projects. Just yesterday, 
We serve 50 families that were in need right out front in our church. And you love that we send money around uh, other parts of the world and we're building up the kingdom and we're loving the people in Israel, the Jewish people, because Jesus loved them first. And maybe you love that, that you're a part of a church that is serving and giving to other people. Maybe you're a lady in this room and you've been trying for years to get your husband to come to church. But because the pastor prays for the bucks every single week, you think your husband may like it. And he's came and he's fell in love with it. And you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I necessarily love it, but because he loves it, I love what he loves. Whatever it is, you love this place. Maybe this place has changed your marriage. Maybe you're on a trajectory left and because God connected you with the right people, you found the right community and it has literally saved your life. I don't know what it is, but you're here because you love this place. For one reason or another, something draws you in to cause you to get up on a Sunday morning and to drive past other places of worship and to come here. I don't know why it is, but you do it. And so my question for you today is this. Again, I'm, I'm talking to those of you that are, in, that are all in. You're not, you're, not, you're not tiptoeing your way into the water. You're all in. You love this place. It's clear. You're here every week, and you love it. The question I have for you is this. Do you have a plan to financially support the church that you love? Do you have a plan? Is there a plan? Do you have a plan? I'm not talking to the new person. In fact, let me just say this to you. If you're a new person and you're visiting, this is a great opportunity for you to ask the person who brought you to church, hey, are you invested like he was talking about today? That'd be a great segue into your lunch date. But do you have a plan? Do you have a plan to financially invest in the church that you love? You go, well, I don't have a plan. But what I know is this, our culture teaches us to have a plan. Most of us in this room, we have a plan for our kids. The schooling that they go to, the education, the career that they want. We have a plan for our retirement. We're putting a certain amount of money away so that when we get older, we can live like nobody else so that one day we can live like nobody else. So we're putting money away and we're investing into our 401k and our Roth IRA and we're doing everything we can to invest. You have a plan for what home you want for your family. You've got a plan for your marriage, who you would choose. There's a plan. Before you married the person or dating the person, you had a plan of who you were looking for and what qualities you wanted. There was a plan that went into that. Why? Because whatever you plan for, it helps you love the thing better. What I'm asking you today is do you have a plan to financially sow into the thing that you love? Is it weekly, is it bi-weekly, is it monthly? Do you have a plan? It's awful quiet up in this Catholic church. We're not a Catholic church, by the way. Here's what's crazy. Took me about a week to figure this out. We had to talk to our CPA and figure out exactly what this was. But here's what's fascinating. That 66% of people who are all in, they come to church every week, they serve Jesus, they're, they're faithful. 66% of people who are all in, they love Wellspring. They don't have a plan to financially support the thing that they love. 66%. They call Wellspring home, they love Wellspring, they're all in it, and they love it, but they, they just don't have a plan. Now, can I be honest with you? That that stat hurts my heart a little bit. Not because we need your money or because we're gonna turn off light. We're fine, we've got three months reserves in the bank. 
The reason why I tell you this is we have a plan to financially support the other things that we love, but for 66% of people who call Wellspring home, we don't have a plan to financially support the thing that we come every single week to live, to, to, to love. You've heard this said before, I can tell how much you love me by how much you love the people that I love. I can tell how much you love me by the way that you love my kids. If you love my kids, you love me. I've given my life to this thing. This church, not just Wellspring, but the church, the capital C church, the local church, God's plan A, the hope of the world, not a social media platform, not saving the dogs, not the saving the manatees, but something that will last for all of eternity and that is souls that will spend an eternity away from Jesus or with Jesus. Do you have a plan for that? Do you have a plan for that? Is there a plan for you to sow into the thing that will last for all of eternity? Well, why are you talking about this? Well, I'm talking about this not because we need your money. And what's beautiful about Wellspring is we don't. Now, if you stop giving for a couple months, then maybe we will have another conversation. But we're good. Next week, the lights are gonna be on. Our staff is gonna get paid. We're not reducing our staff. We're, we're not having to cut and lay off. We don't have to lay off anybody during the COVID thing. We're okay. Your church that you are a part of is okay financially. We're good. We're okay. God's, God's doing some big things. By the way, we've already, we give away 10%. We're on pace to give away over 15% of our income to missions and outreach this year. That's what we're on pace for. We're good. We're good. But what makes me sad is that most people don't have a plan to financially sow into the thing that you love. It's the second most talked about topic in all the Bible, second to the kingdom of God, which is our finances. Now, I realize this. Take a deep breath. Everybody take a deep breath. You're like, dear God, I feel like I'm getting scolded in church. I should have picked another service to come to. I didn't know this weekend was going to be this. The Bible tells me that I am responsible to preach the full counsel of God's word. So that's why in six months we're going to do a series on politics. And I'm not gonna tell you who to vote for, but I'm gonna tell you how to respond when it is voting season. Why, why are you gonna do that? Because the Bible tells me I must do it. By the way, why do we talk about politics in church? Because Jesus talked about politics. So why do we talk about money? Because Jesus talked about money. If Jesus talked about it, I'm gonna talk about it. And second to that is, you're talking about it in your home. You talked about gas prices this week. You talked about insurance going up this week. In my house this week, my car insurance went from $580 to $790 a month. I talked about it this week. And if the ad kids are talking about it, I know you're talking about it. So that's why we're talking about finances. And I'll tell you, if I don't have a plan to pay my car insurance, they're gonna come take my cars. Are you hearing me today? What's your plan? What's your plan? But I realized today, maybe the reason why you don't have a plan is, is this. You've never really thought about it. It's never been on your mind. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I just haven't really thought about this whole thing, card, having a plan. Because listen, let's be honest with you. Uh, we don't talk about finances a lot at Wellspring. In fact, over the last 12 months, I looked at my messages. For the last 12 months, I was on an airplane this week, and so I was going through my messages, and there were three times I talked about finances in the last 12 months three times three times so that means 
that 94% of the time you come to church, we're not gonna remind you about how important it is to sow into the plan A of Jesus because we don't remind you very much. It's at the end of the service. That's why we moved it to the middle. Why did we move it to the middle of the service? Giving, because you, most of you are leaving during the end of the service. So our, our stewardship opportunity as a staff is to remind you of the thing that Jesus reminded his people of. And that is that this is important. That's why we're passing the buckets again. Not because we need more money. We're passing the buckets as a reminder to you that when the buckets pass, I need to sow into God's plan A. It's not a manipulation or a swindling or a twisting of the arm. That's not what we're about. It's a reminder that when the buckets, oh, I gotta sow into the kingdom of God. Because you pass those black buckets on your way out and you don't even think of a lick about it. You never thought about it. So do you have a plan? Which tells me 66% of people don't have a plan. That means that 34%, that 100% of the ministry of Wellspring is actually ran by 34% of the people invested. Think about that. 100% of what we do at Wellspring is funded by 34%. And of our kingdom builders, of 14 families, 31% of our income comes from 15 families in our church. What am I telling you today? All that tells me is this. 66% of people don't have a plan to financially sow into the thing that they love. You love Wellspring, that's why you're here. You love the preaching and you love the worship and you love the kids and you love the atmosphere and you love the friendly. Do you have a plan to financially sow into the thing that you love? Now, most people don't throw their money into a bucket, their tithes and offerings. Most people, in fact, 88% of people that give, that have a plan to give, they do it online. They go online, they go to the website, they go to our app, they go, they, they, they go, they go to the, the internet and they, they actually go to their website and they put a plan together that every Friday, that's why the, the biggest giving days at Wellspring is not a Sunday, the biggest giving days is Friday. Hallelujah for Friday, come on somebody. Why? Because Friday is payday. Come on, anybody get payday two days ago? It's payday. It's payday. So 88% of people who call Wellspring home, they are all in to have a plan. They, they do it online. And so what they do is they, they actually go to this website, wellspringfl.com slash giving, and they set up their giving so that weekly or Bi-weekly or monthly, they have a plan to sow into the thing that they love. The reason why you buy your kids Christmas presents is because you love them. The reason why we give to a church is not to pay bills and, a, and have lights on. It's so that we can preach the message and that so hands can go up. Nine people gave their life to Jesus last week. 14 people gave their life to Jesus the week before that. One person gave their life to Jesus at the 815 service, and there will be people that give their life to Jesus in this service. We served 50 people yesterday on our back porch, and three of them accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. What am I telling you today? We are sowing into God's plan A. Now, here's what I know. I'm just coming to you telling you I grew up in the church. I I get it. So here's the reality of when, if I were in your shoes, this is what I would think. Throw that up there for me if you don't mind. You don't want to give, this is my assumption, you don't want to give to a church that always needs your money. You don't want to give to a church that the pastor gets up here and says, guys, listen, let me just tell you, it's been a rough week. And uh, let's just be honest, we're behind three months on our light bill. And if we don't, if we don't pay the light bill, we're, we're, I, mean, I, just, I don't know if we're gonna have church. 
In fact, let me just tell you, last week there were uh, 12 babies in our kids' ministry, and uh, eight of them left with diaper rash because we had no diapers to change their diaper with. And so, guys, we, we need more diapers, and we just need your money. I mean, nobody wants to be a part of a church like that. You feel swindled and manipulated, and we put stories up there to tell you if you don't give, people are gonna die and go to hell. No, 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 I'm just trying to encourage you. So you, you don't wanna give to a church that always needs your money, but the opposite is true as well. You don't give to a church that looks like they don't need your money. Well, everything seems like it's going well, and seems like there's always somebody playing the drums, and somebody's got the audio, and it seems like somebody comes in and turns the lights on, and it just, it just, I just, I don't want to be at a church that needs my money, and I don't really want to be at a church that, I don't want to give to a church that, that doesn't need my money. And so here's the truth of the matter, is we find ourselves in this third category, so many never actually plan to give to the church that they love to attend. And that's probably where 66% of you are. Because you've looked at it from they don't need my money instead of looking at it from I want to be a part of what happens in heaven, the rejoicing and the celebrating because I sowed in on, uh, sowed in on Jesus' plan A and many people have trusted him as Lord and Savior and I get to celebrate for all of eternity because I put my money where my mouth was. Does that make sense? Because here's the truth. If you don't define what life is all about, culture will. If you don't define what your life is all about, culture will. Have you ever been thinking about something you wanted to purchase and then you got on social media and you're scrolling through social media like, how did they know I needed the Pura air freshener for my house? How in the world did they? Because you were having, they, they're spies, they're spies. But they know, they know. I don't know how they know, but they know. You can click on something on Google that has nothing to do with Facebook. You scroll through Facebook and it's there. Why? Because culture, listen to me, Wellspring, culture has a plan for your life. Culture is mapping out a way to live, and what I want to tell you today, there is a more joyful way than to live the way that culture wants us to live. So let me say this to you. I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to know this. God doesn't want you to feel guilty. He wants you to be responsible. So if you're sitting in church today or watching online and you're like, oh my goodness, I feel guilty, I feel shame, that is the devil. God will never make you feel guilty and God will never make you feel shameful. But God will convict you and he will remind you of what it's important to be a good steward. God doesn't want you to be guilty. He's not shaming you. Shame doesn't work for anybody. But reminding people of their responsibility does. So here's what I want to do. Some of you are like, man, I just can't do it. You don't understand my bank account. You don't understand. I want to help you. I want to end this message by helping you today. With through the lens of do you have a plan to financially sow into the thing that you love? You love this. It's why you're here. You love Wellspring. Do you have a plan? Let me help you with a few things. Four quick things before I get you out of here. Four quick things that will help you create a space for you to have a plan. Number one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. I'm taking you to Dave Ramsey's school right now. Here we go. You ready? Number one, before you purchase anything, examine your motives. Before you purchase anything, examine your motives. Ask yourself this, why am I getting this? What's the purpose? What's the reasoning behind it? Why, why am I thinking I need this and why do I want to get this? Am I buying this, write this down, am I buying this for its usefulness or for its status? Am I buying this because it's useful? It'll provide a vehicle, a way for me to get to what it is that I need, or is it a status thing? 
Is it useful? Or is it a status thing? Why am I doing this? What is the purpose behind it? Check your motives. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and God wants to bless you and he wants to give to you and he wants to give to his kids, but his motive, your motives matter to whether you receive the blessings of God. Here's the second one. Refuse to be conned into the latest and the greatest. I gotta give you a quick story. So a few weeks ago, I don't have my phone, my phone's over there, but uh, a few weeks ago, uh, uh, the new iPhone 15 came out. And I, I just, there were ads for days about it, iPhone 15. And this is what they kept speaking to us. You have no idea, it's so much different. Oh my goodness, it's the best. It's got this feature and this feature and it's this feature. And so everybody, I mean, I heard lines were three hours deep. People were staying the night to get the new iPhone 15. Now I've not talked to everybody, but I talked to three people, only three people. And the three people I talked to that bought the iPhone 15, this is their response. Yeah, it's cool, but it's not much different than the one I had before. And I didn't want to shame them, but I thought this, but somebody convinced you, somebody convinced you that that was going to get you what you did not have. Is it useful or is it a status thing? And I want you to be careful not to get conned into the latest and the greatest, the newest thing, the, the best thing, the, the flashy thing, the shiny thing, the, the thing that'll help me and get me. No, no, is it useful? Does it make phone calls? Come on, somebody. Can I shoot a text message? And I get it. I'm not a, I'm not a, like a Scrooge old guy. Like, can I get on social media? Do I, do I need to make sure it's got 14 bazillion megapixels? Do I need that? Or is 12 billion megapixels okay? Hebrews 13 says this, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Be content with what you have. Listen, there's only one thing that'll satisfy that craving. Only one thing. And that is the love of Jesus. Can I tell you something that we're talking about even in our home with this usefulness and status and conning into the latest and greatest? And this isn't for everybody. And I'm not, I'm not here to bash on social media. I've got social media. I'm not here to bash on it. But if you will take 30 days and get off of social media, you will realize what you have is okay. If you will take 30 days and not watch the thing you'll realize what you have is okay. You'll be fine. You're good. It was okay before you saw the ad, but for some reason now seeing the ad, you think you need it. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody today. Write this down somewhere. If you will pray before you pay, you will keep yourself out of a lot of trouble. So we have a thing in the Adkins home, and I'll just tell you, you can use this. This is not, I'm not shaming you, or you have to do this, but here's what we've decided. So if we come to a consensus that we're gonna buy something over $1,000, we're gonna pay for something over $1,000, we will take 30 days, even after we've heard yes from God, we will take 30 days and let the emotions subside. Because when the emotions subside, then we know for sure. But way too many people, they let the emotions and they go get it and they have what's called buyer's remorse. Pray before you pay. You know, the average 21-year-old has $12,000 in credit card debt. 
Seven years later, that 21-year-old not, 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 now doesn't have 12,000, they have $78,000 in credit card debt. It's the world system. Two-thirds of Americans don't have $1,000 in savings for emergency funds, for a medical bill, for a kid's school, for an opportunity to give to a project, for your church. 77 million, 35% of American adults have a credit file in debt collections. Can I just tell you something, church? We're not doing it the way that God intended us to do it. Stop saying you need to put it on the card so you get the miles. How about just pay it off because the money's actually in your bank account? What a novel idea. I'm gonna buy this. This is, this is brilliant. I'm from Ruskin. Let me just tell you, I'm a C minus student from Ruskin. And so I'm sorry if this is too simple. But I, I've just learned, maybe it's the house I grew up in, I've learned the wrong way. I've just learned, if the money isn't in my bank account, then I should not buy it. Like if the money, if, if, I don't, I don't, if I don't physically possess the money to buy the thing that I think I need, then I just don't get it. I'm trying to help you, are you hearing me? Here's the third one. And this is where April and I are. This is where I'm three and four, is develop a habit of giving things away. Develop a habit of giving things away. You know what we've learned, and I'm, I'm not shaming you, I'm just telling you where we're at. What we have learned is don't sell the old thing to get the new thing. Give the old thing away so that you can get the new thing. There's a different spirit. Hey, we're getting a new couch. Hey, who needs a new couch? Who needs my old couch? I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give away my couch because I'm gonna get a new one. Now I realize if you're struggling financially without a job or you're on disability, I, I'm, not, I'm, not playing, I'm not painting a this is for everybody picture. But we're in a position where we just wanna be more generous. Can I just tell you, at the end of my life, on my epitaph, it will not say Joey was a generous person. Just be honest with you. But that's the goal. The goal of my life is to be a generous person, to give more away than I've received. Because I grew up in a home that didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot growing up. I had to fight for what I had, the LA gears. Come on, 90s kids. I had to fight for my LA gears. I shined them up and I wore them and I put the chain on those LA gears, baby. But because I didn't have a lot, I hoarded it. But God has us in a season of being generous and giving stuff away. Matthew 10, freely you have received and freely you gift. Most of us in this room could give away half of our possessions without a real sacrifice. You throw so much away, what if you gave it away? If more people would simply live, if more people would live simply, more people could simply live. I just tell you there's two thirds of our, two -thirds of our world that do not have clean drinking water or food to eat for their next meal. Two thirds, two thirds of our world do not know where their meals will come next week. And shame on us. Shame on us. Shame on us. Generous. Here's the fourth one. Pursue a greater legacy rather than a greater lifestyle. Is this helping anybody? Pursue a greater legacy rather than a greater lifestyle. And I realize I'm 42. Maybe I'm all up in my fields when I hit my 40s. But I'm not thinking lifestyle today. I'm thinking legacy today. I've got a 20-year-old son who turns 20 on the 8th of October. I've got, I've got seventh graders. I'm not thinking lifestyle, I'm thinking legacy. I'm thinking my life right now is what can I build to give to them? 
What can I build to, what business can I build to give to them? What financial resources can I build to give to them? What, what church can I build to give to them? What can I do to give to, what can I think? I wanna, I wanna build a legacy, not a lifestyle. It's a legacy, not a lifestyle. See, a lifestyle is temporal. A lifestyle is earthly, a lifestyle is stuff, a lifestyle is fun, but legacy is long-term, it's eternal, it's people, it's where we find true joy. See, let me just say this to somebody, my legacy is the sum total of my pursuits, not the sum total of my purchases. What are you pursuing? Pursue legacy, pursue legacy, pursue legacy. Why, because our vision at Wellspring is to reach the entire community of South Shore for Jesus Christ. The entire community. And let me just tell you, we don't have enough services. There's not enough churches. People have asked me all the time, how do you feel about all these churches popping up? I love it. Love it. I pray for those churches every single Sunday morning. I shoot a text to them, to all the pastors. Hey, praying for you today in our community. Why? Because it takes all of us, all of us, every one of us. But do you, church, do you have a plan? Here's the final thought. I want you to develop a plan to financially support the church that you love. I don't care what it is, but it needs to be a plan. It needs to be a thought out plan that I love this church. I love what it stands for. I love the mission behind it. So I wanna come up with a plan to make sure I financially am invested in the kingdom of God at Wellspring. Can a few people help me know that this message reached some people today? Could you just clap? If not for God, just at least do it to encourage me. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes with every head bowed and with every eye closed. Father, I thank you so much for this day. And I thank you so much for this mission, this mission that you've given. Adam, it is a holy responsibility. It's a holy responsibility to steward well what you've given to us. God, you didn't give it to animals. You didn't give it to kings and presidents and you didn't give it to the Queen of England, the King of England. You didn't give it to some prime minister, but God, you gave it to the church, the local church. So I wanna ask you a question today, and again, I'm not embarrassing you, I'm not trying to shame you or guilt you. I just want, just curiosity question. How many of you today, you don't have a plan to financially sow in, and it is probably something you need to at least think about. How many of you would agree with that? Just raise your hand, just so I know I'm talking to today. You don't have a plan, and it's probably something you need to think. Would you just lift your hand up real tall, just so I know who I'm praying for today. I'd love to just pray for you, so, so good. Can I pray for you with your hand lifted? Can I pray for you, Father? I pray for every single person that says they don't have a plan. And God, I thank you that you're not shaming them or guilting them. God, I thank you that they know that what matters most is eternity. And so God, I just pray that you would help them, give them courage and boldness, to find what the plan is, to develop it in such a way that brings you honor and brings you glory. Now with your head bowed and with your eyes closed and with nobody looking around, maybe you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus, you never trusted him, you've never done that before, I would love to give you an opportunity to do that. If you've never done that before, you pray this simple prayer. There's nothing magical about the prayer, but you say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you heal me? Would you redeem my broken soul? 
I believe you died on the cross for me. You rose again. I thank you that eternity is my permanent home. Heaven is my permanent place. And I choose today to be with you. And I give you all of my sin, past, present, and future. And I receive my salvation. Now, with your head bowed, eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer, I'd love to know who I prayed that with. Would you just lift your hand up? Just say, I prayed that prayer. I gave my life to Jesus. Would you, all over the room, I see you. I see you. Awesome, 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 awesome. So good, so good. So here's what I want you to do. In just a moment, our entire church is gonna respond. We're gonna respond in one of a few ways. We're either gonna come to the cross and we're gonna post something on there that we've been holding on to. We're gonna come light a candle for somebody who's far from Jesus. Uh, we're gonna actually come and take communion with our friend or our spouse or even by ourselves. But here's what you're gonna do. If you raised your hand, you gave your life to Jesus, you're gonna respond by, we've got two tables set up in the back of the lobby, back of the auditorium. You can't miss them. They've been praying for you all week for this moment, for you to have courage and boldness to say, I gave my life to Jesus. I need to know what my next step is. We wanna help you with that. We wanna help you with that. So why don't we all stand wherever you're at and let's respond to what God has for us. Whether you're responding in salvation to the back table, whether you're lighting a candle, whether you're coming forward to go to the cross, or you're taking communion, let's respond to what God has for us. Jesus, we love you. And we respond because you first responded to us. We thank you for being for us, but we cannot be for ourselves. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about Wellspring Community Church, visit our website at wellspringfl.com. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend services. We'll see you in the next episode.